You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Trainee Youth Minister Andy Fidock. Hi to everybody at St. John's, this is David Blackman speaking to you from Alice Springs where I work with Wycliffe Bible Translators and the Aliawara people of Central Australia translating scripture and a range of other things. Currently um, I have four epistles that I hope to have ready for publication by the end of the year and maybe even the second and third drafts of Revelation. Uh, Currently, though, of course, I'm working at home, as many of us are, uh, without having access to Aliawara co-translators. So that means I I can get on with a pile of editing that has been waiting for me for a while. So that's actually very timely. Um, At the moment, the two Aliawara people I work with most are um, supposed to be staying at home. Uh, They're both renal patients and therefore have compromised health. Indeed, uh, a huge proportion of the original population has poor health and so um, we want very much to keep the coronavirus out of remote communities and are praying accordingly. Uh, The remote communities are all supposedly in lockdown, although there is a lot of travel going on around the back roads. Uh, People do get caught, but that doesn't stop them from doing it. So I'm very grateful for the support of St John's folk for so many years, since 1990 in fact. That was the year I trained at Kangaroo Ground. Uh, So I appreciate your prayer and your encouragement and your financial support and trust that the Lord is blessing you also. It's my privilege today, though, to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10 in the NIV. Now we know that if the heavenly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive, what is due, may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad.
When I was in high school, I used to play field hockey. This is a sport that I absolutely love. But one season, I started to experience this unusual sensation in my lower leg, in my shins. First, I just ignored it. I thought, oh, it's just happening when I'm running. It'll go away. Um, but over time, it started to get worse and worse to the point when even between practice and games, I was actually experiencing pain just when I walked around, just this dull ache all the time. If you are a sport player, you might have experienced this pain before. It was just that I had shin splints. This is when you have inflammation in your lower leg. I remember at this time talking to God, being like, hey God, could you just heal me from my shin splints? They're really annoying. They're stopping me from playing a sport that I really love. And if I'm being honest, God, I don't really see how you're teaching me anything through this pain right now. But what God actually did for me at the time was teach me a pretty big lesson. And that's something that I want to share with you guys tonight or today. <laughs> um, if we look at verse 1 of our reading, it says, We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. This is a lesson that my mum had learned years before I even had shin splints. My mum has a condition called multiple sclerosis, and in her experience of this, over many years she has lost her ability to walk and also to use her upper body. But in her relationship with Jesus, through reading his word in the Bible, God has actually taught her that one day she will be healed. I, as a young kid, was experiencing my mum going through these changes, and I would pray to God and go, God, would you please heal my mum? Please, 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 please heal my mum. And my mum knew that I was praying this prayer quite a bit. So she said to me with this lesson that she'd already learned, she said, you know what, Andrea, one day I will actually be healed, whether that's here on earth or when I'm in heaven. We can trust that God's going to heal me when it'll bring him the most glory. So fast forward to years down the track when I was complaining at God and being a bit angry with him about my shin splints, I realized that this same lesson that applied to her and her body applied to me and my body right there. Because really, already in a much bigger way than healing my shin splints, God had already healed me. Not physically, but by what Jesus has done on the cross and in his resurrection, being raised back to life. When Jesus died, he was making a way for all of us to have eternal life. When Jesus tied, died, he took on all our brokenness and our sin and took it died there with it. All the things in our life that causes death and destruction, he took away in his death. So if you accept Jesus as your saviour, what you're saying is, Jesus, I trust you. I trust that you died with all my sins so that I don't have to. And now I can live an eternal life with you. We also trust that just as Jesus came back to life in a physical body, we too will be raised to life in a new physical body like Him. Now, we can't know for sure exactly what these bodies are going to be like. All we have to go off at the moment is what Jesus' body was like when He came back to meet with His disciples. His disciples were able to see Him, touch Him, chat with Him, and even share a meal with Him. Jesus even said to them at one point, touch my body to know that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies, do they? But unlike our physical bodies that we have right now on earth, Jesus could also appear and disappear. Um, that's something that I don't think 
any of us can do. He could even go past locked doors. He also didn't die again in that body, but he rose, he ascended into heaven to be with God the Father. Now, when we talk about heaven, I'm not talking about clouds in the sky, us sitting around playing harps kind of thing. Maybe the kind of imagery you might have picked up in media or pop culture. But I'm actually talking about a place that's talked about later in the Bible, a new physical earth where we'll live with our new physical bodies. This is a place where we'll be in perfect relationship with God and each other because there just won't be any sin anymore. That means that our actions and our words can't hurt ourselves or each other. It also means that there will be no more death. There won't even be crying, no mourning, no pain at all. Even with this hope we have for the future, though, there has definitely been times when me, my mom and my family have really groaned at the functioning of the earthly body she has at the moment. As Paul puts it in verse 2, there has for sure been times when my mom has longed to be clothed instead in a heavenly dwelling that God has prepared for her. Even when I just had shin splints, I really longed to be clothed in my heavenly dwelling. But this groaning is actually felt on a much larger scale than just me, my mum and my family. Right now, with the COVID-19 pandemic, it's kind of brought us all face to face with just how fragile life here on earth is. In just a matter of months, a virus that started in just one town has spread around the world. It has affected millions of people and actually led to the death of almost 324,000 people. I looked up that number tonight to check before I did this recording um, if it had changed from when I last looked. And when I started preparing this talk, since then it has jumped 60,000 people. And because this is a recording that you're seeing tonight, no doubt by the time you watch this, um, thousands more people will have died because of COVID-19. When I first looked up that number, I actually started to well up with tears because I think it was the first time that I actually let it hit me just how widespread this thing has gone, just how many people around the world like you and me are suffering and mourning at this time. All of us are united globally in experiencing this tragedy. But even before this pandemic, there were people around the world that were suffering and hurting and dying. We don't have to look very far. We go just north of us in the country, Papua New Guinea, a country that's actually closer to Australia than um, Tassie, one of our states is down the bottom. Around 40% of the population live below the poverty line. That means that 40% of the people in that country, a country that's so close to us, are living without adequate health care or food and water to live a healthy life. At the moment, we have restrictions on us that are actually keeping us safe. We haven't experienced it before, but it's a luxury that we can stay home and know that we're not gonna get this virus. Many people around the world don't have that luxury. Every day they come face to face uh, with the fact that they might die because of things that we take for granted, like not having enough food or enough water. But really, wherever you are in the world, even here, the reality is that one day you will have to come face to face with your mortality. When people get sick, when people we love die, we realise just how short this time on earth really is. Life everywhere can be really hard. As in fact, Paul writes in verse 4 of our reading today, that we do groan and we are burdened by these bodies that we have. 
Maybe that groaning and feeling burdened is something that is really familiar for you. Maybe you live each day with chronic pain or you live with a mental health condition. Maybe it's depression, anxiety or something else. Maybe you're just fed up with your body aging. It's an, you're finding it annoying that you can no longer function in the way you used to. Or maybe at the moment you're mourning the loss of someone you really love. Whatever it might be, just want you to know that it's actually okay to not be content with how things are right now. As we read in verse 4, we wish to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. This hope that we have of a new body and eternal life doesn't take away the pain that we experience right now, but it does mean that we can come face to face with that pain and not be afraid. Yeah, it doesn't take away all the hurt, but it does give us a new perspective because we have hope of what's to come. And that means that we can live now differently. Paul gives us some really helpful insights in, uh, about how we can live in this hope and live it out really well. So I'm going to share that with you now. And I encourage you, you might actually like to write these down, just two things that you can come back and look at and think about further this week. The first one is to know the Holy Spirit. And the second one is to know your goal. Now, if you're reading this part of the Bible in isolation, without anything else we know from the other books of the Bible, it'd be pretty easy to think, are Christians just hanging out to die? Maybe this is the first time you've looked at the Bible and you're reading this and thinking, oh, so Christians are just hanging out to die and just trying to be good people until then. Actually, no, that's not what Christianity is about. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. If you take a look at verse 5, it says this. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This is the second time that this idea of the Holy Spirit as a deposit has come up as we've looked at the letter of 2 Corinthians. A few weeks ago, Tim spoke to us and he said how this Holy Spirit is kind of like a deposit or a down payment that God gives us of the future that we're going to have. Kind of like if you purchase a big item like a car and you pay for some of it and in doing so you're saying, I want to come back and pay for the rest of this later. So don't sell it to anyone else. I want this to be my car. But actually the Holy Spirit is way more than just a down payment God gives us for the future. The Holy Spirit is how we get to be in a deep relationship with God right now here on earth. After Jesus died and then rose and then went to heaven to be with God the Father, He gave the Holy Spirit as a gift to anyone who decides that Jesus is their Saviour. And that Holy Spirit now lives and dwells inside us. Another translation of the Bible, the message, puts it like this. It says, The Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so we'll never settle for less. I just love this, how in the midst of our pain and our groaning, God gives us the Holy Spirit so we get to have a taste of heaven right now. Earlier in 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about how outwardly we are wasting away, but inwardly we are being renewed each day. And that renewing inside us is the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit graciously prompts us to let go of sin and anything that is in the way of us having a good relationship with God now. 
Through the Holy Spirit, we get to be transformed and renewed day by day to be more and more how God created us to be and how we will be in eternity. We can also draw on the Holy Spirit to experience amazing peace and comfort in the midst of the dark times in our lives. When I feel overwhelmed, knowing that I can ask the Holy Spirit for peace is something that has helped me over and over again. All that I've said about the Holy Spirit only just begins uh, to describe the goodness that we get through it in our relationship with Jesus. If we keep reading in verse 6, it says, Therefore, we are always confident and know as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. The Holy Spirit gives us a taste for the, of the future. Even though we can't see God right now, we can have faith of what's to come. The second thing I wanted you to note down was to know your goal. If we look at the end of our reading, starting with verse 8, it says this, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. This is similar to something that Paul writes in another letter that he wrote to another church. He said in that letter that he would actually prefer to depart from earth and to die than stay and remain. But honestly, after we talked about uh, what I've talked about at the start of my talk about the hope we have of a new body and eternal life with Jesus, who blames him for wanting that? Because especially at the time when he was writing the letter, he was in prison for sharing his faith. He was being persecuted because he was a Christian. Despite that, he knew that right then where God wanted him was on earth so that he could encourage other people in their faith and share this hope that we have with the rest of the world. Paul knew his goal. He had decided that because of what everything that Jesus had done for him, he wanted to live his life pleasing God. In verse 9 and 10 of our reading, it says this, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due for us, the things done well in the body, whether good or bad. I want to pause there because, again, if you were just reading those verses in isolation, I wouldn't blame you for thinking, oh, Paul is just telling us that we have to be good people in order to please God so that we can go to heaven. Maybe you've thought that before. I mean, uh, in a lot of media and TV shows and movies, that's kind of what it looks like Christians are, just a bunch of people trying to be good and do a good thing so that God will accept us. Um, Maybe you've actually met a Christian who that seems to be the truth that they're living out in their life. But that, again, is not what being a Christian is all about. As this letter keeps on going and in heaps of other times in the Bible, it tells us clearly that this gift that Jesus gives us of eternal life has nothing to do with what we've done. In fact, there is nothing that we could do that would ever be good enough for us to earn this love. And there's also nothing we could ever do that would be bad enough to stop God from loving us enough to send Jesus like he did. That gift we get, that free gift, is why we, like Paul, want to live our life pleasing God. Not so that we can go to heaven, but so that we can live each day of our lives, our actions being a massive thank you to God for all He's done. In my own experience, the closer that I draw to God and spend time with Him, the more I get to experience that love 
And I just want to share the world. I want to praise Him by sharing who He is with others. Part of doing that, living my life to please God, is sharing this good news that I've talked about today of this eternal life that we get to have and our new bodies to come. Because really, I want everyone to have the same hope that my mom has of a new body. I want everyone to know that this pain that they experience right now isn't where it ends. And I also want people to know that right now they can have a relationship with God through His Spirit. I think that's a ridiculously amazing life goal that I can please God through just spending time with Him and sharing His love and hope with other people. If we think about that though, that is quite a different life goal than what our earth tells us, not our earth, but what the world tells us it should be. Our goal isn't the pursuit of pleasure or wealth or recognition. And our life goal isn't even the pursuit of good health. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is important for us to take care of these bodies because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But it's not these bodies that we serve. We live to please God. So I want you to ask yourself, do you know your goal? And if it's not to please Jesus, then what is it? As I finish now, I just want to encourage you. If you do know Jesus, but when you ask yourself that question, you realize that your life goal isn't to please Him. I just want you to know that Jesus is ready and waiting to meet you exactly where you're at. He wants to hear all of your pain and your struggles and your groans, and He wants to help you walk closer to Him. He wants to help you leave your sin behind and to live a life in the freedom that He gives you. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life before or you're on the start of a journey exploring Him, I urge you to make it a priority because Jesus offers you a new body, eternal life uh, and a life purpose that is far greater than anything this world is ever going to be able to offer you. If you are a follower of Jesus, then stand firm in this hope that we have and share this exciting news with the world around us. I'm just going to pray now as we finish. God, thank you. Thank you for the deep love you have for us, how much each person listening and watching matters to you. Each time we groan in these earthly bodies, help us to remember that this isn't it. Thank you for all you did through Jesus' death and resurrection, that by nothing we have done, you would offer us a new body and eternal life with you. Thank you for giving us your spirit that we can be in relationship with you right now. As we go into this week, help us to assess what we have made the goals of our life. In your grace, help us to draw closer to you. Thank you for the joy we can find in living to please you. Thank you, God. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.